I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min football family as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on today's show, we're going to be rounding up all the latest Arsenal-related transfer rumours, stories, links, etc., etc., discussing them, getting some of your thoughts and takes from the live chat, and just having a general Arsenal-related slash football-related conversation uh, today on this Tuesday morning in London. It is a miserable day in terms of the fact that it's very, very cloudy. Um, sun will probably come through a little bit later on, as it has tended to do uh, over the last uh, few days. So fingers crossed uh, we'll see that improvement a little bit later on. The mood, I always say, plays a big part in uh, the mood. The weather plays a big part in my mood, is what I wanted to say. Uh, so hoping uh, for a bit more sunshine a little bit later on today. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Apologies for the delay in starting uh, the live stream. Um, the last couple of days, those of you that have watched the streams will know that the video element was just freezing from time to time because my internet um, connection kept dipping for whatever reason. Uh, not sure why. Decided to to restart the router this morning just before I went live. I sort of remembered that it had been a problem over the last couple of days. Hit the um, hit the uh, reset button. Took a few minutes to boot up again. Hopefully it will be okay now. But uh, Fuad says that you need to get that upgrade sharpish, Harry. Do you know what the irritating thing is, mate? Is that I know that you know the internet connection is imperative to my work, so I make sure that I have the highest package that you can possibly get in terms of speed and all of that stuff. But even still, uh, you do get issues with it from time to time, which is um which is uh, frustrating. Uh, Wandering Minstrel says that Virgin, who are my provider, uh, are doing work in North London, Harry. That would make sense uh, because I have had a few issues over the last few days. Anyway, let's say some hellos. Big hello to Guna Jake. Uh, we've got Jimmy Flo, who uh, has some thoughts on our headline story, which we'll talk about in a minute. Big hello to Mohammed. Uh, we've got Matt Tomo joining us from uh, Chicago. We've got Glenn with us. Uh, we've got uh, N5 AFC will come on to your comment uh, with regards to this subject as well. Uh, who else have we got? We've got Carrie. We've got uh, Creambone. We've got Henry. We've got Wandering Minstrel. We've got Connor who says, oh, my God, it's roasting here in West Limerick Island. Good morning or good morning to everyone joining us from Ireland. I know we've got quite a few listeners, actually. Uh, from Ireland. So a big hello to you guys. Uh, we've got Scrubber Steve. He says, good morning, everyone. Uh, Boyce is in the Costa del Donegal. Uh, he says, pure blue skies here. We've got Ivan Carrillo uh, joining us from California. And uh, we've got Name in the chat as well. Um, good morning to every single one of you. Hope you're good. Uh, slightly earlier edition of the show uh, today. Unless something dramatic breaks later on today, this will be the only episode that we do. Um, a lot of you have been asking me about part two of the season review, which will be available tomorrow. Uh, rec I've recorded that. It's all ready to go, but I figured I'd release that tomorrow because I am traveling tomorrow. So I won't be able uh, to record a podcast, which meant there was a gap in the schedule. And so that felt like the best time to release that. So keep uh, your ears peeled for that one and your eyes open on the YouTube channel if you prefer to take the content in that way. And, uh, and you'll be able to uh, to listen in. But anyway, without further ado, let's dive into 
our big stories. Let's talk, uh, first of all, Ilkay Gundogan. Now, this is a player I've talked about quite a lot in recent weeks. I've said to you guys um, on many occasions that if, if the circumstances are right, I would try and do this. I would try and bring Ilkay Gundogan in, not as a long-term thing, but as a, as a short-term solution, as someone that can give us the boost that we need and as somebody that can uh, help us take our team and our squad to the next level. When I think about Ilkay Gundogan and what he brings to the table, I think about intelligence, I think about technical stability, I think about leadership, I think about character. I don't necessarily think about lots and lots of running. Now, I know he does lots of running, but the point I'm trying to make here is that, you know, you look at certain players and you think he's got an unbelievable engine on him. But the minute that engine starts to dwindle and the minute he starts to pick up injury injuries with any regularity, he's finished. A prime example of that is N'Golo Kante. Excellent, brilliant midfield player for so many years and, and one of the very, very best in the business. But unfortunately, he just he just picks up too many injuries now and, and cannot maintain that level of performance anymore. I don't fear that with Ilkay Gundogan. And although he's going to be 33 in the not too distant future, I think, let me just check exactly when that is. Uh, bear with me a second. Let's, uh, let's do a little search. Ilkay Gundogan, 32 years old. Currently, uh, his birthday is in October. So sort of pretty early on into the new season, he'll be hitting the 33 mark. I mean, I'm not massively worried about it because you wouldn't be bringing Ilkay Gundogan in to play every single week and every single game. But what a player he would be to have in your rotation as part of your leadership group, particularly with Champions League football returning to Emirates Stadium next season. I just think on a free transfer, if you can make this happen, it is a no-brainer. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand why people are so against this. I know what people are thinking, right? A lot of people are thinking, if we get Ilkay Gundogan, it means there's no possibility of both Declan Rice and Moises Caicedo coming in during this transfer window together. And to me, I think the likelihood of us being able to sign both of them, given the prices that are being quoted, is very low anyway. So that's why I look at it and think, well, if you got Declan Rice, for example, and you brought Ilkay Gundogan in to bolster the squad and bolster our options, that would be pretty damn good business. I'm sorry. I know people don't want to hear this. And I know that people seem to get agitated whenever I, I, I sort of bring this up. I sort of read through some of the comments on yesterday's show and, and had a few DMs on Twitter as well from people saying, look at you being really negative. Um you know, being um, being this, being that, like you're you're trying to cover for the club with regards to the fact that they're probably not going to go and buy both of those players. If you listen to the report, if you read the reports and you listen to the noises that are currently doing the rounds about these two players, West Ham have already said publicly that they want one hundred million pound plus. Okay, with a bit of strong negotiation, you might get him for slightly under. But you're still looking at pretty much £100 million. Moises Caicedo, there's talk of Brighton wanting £100 million for him. 
Do you honestly think that Arsenal are going to go and spend 200 million or close to on two midfielders? It's not going to happen. So if you're going to spend the entire summer getting yourself worked up about that and thinking that that is going to happen so that when it doesn't, you feel disappointed, upset, frustrated, and you can then point the finger at Edu and the football club, etc. Stop it. We're on the 6th of June and I'm telling you from the 6th of June, don't get carried away when it comes to those two players from now. For me, it's one or the other. If we got to, that would be, I guess what the kids call nowadays, a madness. And if they were able to do that, I'll be the first to stand up and applaud and say, I was wrong. I didn't think Arsenal would be able to go this far. Hats off to the owners. Hats off to Edu and everybody negotiating a deal. Hats off to Mikel Arteta for his part in it, etc., etc. But I just don't see it. And so if I don't see that, then I can't be against the idea of signing Ilkay Gundogan, who I think we can all agree is a very, very good footballer. But then obviously there's the concern about his age and there's the concern about the longevity of a transfer like that. People say you'll be saddled with uh, with him at the club on big wages for a period of time and that would be a problem for us moving forward. Well, equally, if you go and spend 20, 25, 30 million pounds even to buy someone to fit the position that's going to be vacated by Granite Xhaka, you're going to have to spend that money plus wages and salary anyway. So that's that's just where I'm at on this. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that Ilkay Gundogan should be our number one target. Only Arsenal really know if the, the idea of Caicedo and Rice together is a real possibility. I suspect it's not, but that is just my feeling. It is a guess. It's not anything more than that. But if that's the case, if they don't feel that they can stretch that far whilst addressing other areas in the team that need addressing as well, then I think this would be a good way of bringing in another top quality midfielder alongside whichever one of the big boys they go for in terms of the price tag and bolstering the squad and and lifting the squad up to a really, really high level. Let me take some of your thoughts on this because there were some comments about this before we even started talking about it in the live chat. So let me pick them up. Uh, Jimmy Flo says, hi, Harry. I think it's a mistake. You cannot rebuild with a 33-year-old Gundogan. Arteta worked under Pep. He should be able to find a 26, 27-year-old version of Gundogan. I agree that you cannot rebuild with a 33-year-old, but it wouldn't be a part of the main rebuild. And that's the point I'm trying to make. It would be a supplement to the overall rebuild. Now, Arsenal might look at it and think, well, we can't afford to go 100 million on Rice and close to 100 million on Caicedo. So we're going to have to get one in now and maybe look at doing another deal either in January or in the new in, in the next summer. But Ilkay Gundogan could plug a hole in the meantime and you feel that he will have a very significant role at Arsenal. And if Manchester City go on and win the treble, he might feel that, you know, I've done everything I possibly can with Manchester City. Maybe I want to try something different. I don't know. I, look, I, I I agree with you. You can't rebuild with 33-year-olds. I'm not seeing this as, a, as an option that would be a part of the wider rebuild, though. I'm seeing this as a supplement to, to the team that we already have, to the squad that we already have, and one that can help us bridge the gap between where we are and where we want to be. I think that, you know, many Manchester City teams won Premier League titles with Fernandinho, for example, knocking about the squad, playing a role, but not 
a, a really central role. It's just, it, it's a really interesting one. I just think that, you know, when you can't spend what City spend, which we can't, uh, and what they've spent over the years, when you don't have Pep Guardiola in charge, you have to think outside the box sometimes. And I know that people go, well, it's a Manchester City reject. Why are we signing a Manchester City reject or a player that's ready to move on from there at 33 years old? Uh, that really winds me up. I understand why people say it about ex-Chelsea players, because we've been burnt by a lot of bad ones coming over from West London to North London and, and stinking the place out. I get that. But when it comes to Manchester City, the two players that you're referencing would be Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus, who both played a significant part in raising Arsenal's level this season. N5 AFC says, uh, good day all. Uh, I believe he still has it, but the question is for how long? I also see why Arteta wants him, but offering a 33-year-old a three-year deal is absurd. We do also need Caicedo and Rice, in my opinion. This thing about like offering him a three-year deal, it doesn't mean you have to keep him for three years. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you, you, you're going to, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean it's as big a commitment as it necessarily says on paper. And the reason I say that is because, you know, you might feel like it's worth what you're going to pay over three years, even to have him for two years. It all depends on the finances of these things. So I'm not massively worried about that. And if people are saying, well, money's no object, so we should be able to go out and get Caicedo and Rice and it not be a problem, then why is it an object with the contract um, of someone for whom we're not going to pay a transfer fee? So I think, you know, it's, it's something that I'm 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 for. I have to say, I know a lot of people disagree, and that's fine. Um, not an issue for me. Um, but yeah, um, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Let's see uh, how it goes. Uh, so the rumor is, and the story is today. I've kind of like gone into why this would be a good idea, and not even explained to you what exactly the story is saying. But I think it was Sam Dean uh, reported earlier today that Arsenal and Barcelona are trying to position themselves in a position whereby if Ilkay Gundogan decides not to stay at Manchester City, they'd be at the front of the queue for his signature. We do know that Manchester City have made him an offer. We know that the initial offer they made him was not um, was not to his satisfaction. We know that he wants a longer-term contract. Um, but there is, a, there is a feeling that the chances of him staying at Manchester City are, are quite high. So this is by no means a, a goodbye from Ilkay Gundogan to Manchester City, not at this stage anyway. But there is also a possibility that he does move on. So Arsenal and Barcelona, according to the reports, do want to be there and waiting in the event that he becomes available because both are huge admirers of him and what he can bring to the table. So this is one to keep an eye on. This is one to, to stay across. Um, what else have we got? Uh, uh, there was a comment from uh, DJ Sweets who says... Harry, good morning, bro. I don't want to get a ban. Why would you get a ban? Uh, but I just can't understand why we are chasing and hyping up the Gundogan thing. It's disgraceful. We need our own identity. Uh, another done it already City player. Yeah, but again, this is my this is my issue with the whole another done it already City player. Those two done it already City players that came in last summer have made a massive difference to our team. Why can't people see that? I don't understand. If you bring in a couple of players that really elevate your level, what does it matter where they've come from or how they've what they've done before? We talked for years about not having a winning mentality, 
not having leaders, not having experience, not having players that have been there and done that. We went out last summer, brought two of them in from Manchester City for reasonable prices, given how good they are. They've both helped us push on to another level. And people are sitting there saying, we don't want another player from Manchester City who's been there, done it. Why? Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Um, and don't worry, you're not going to get banned for having a different opinion. Jesus. Uh, you only get banned if you start having a go at people and, and being abusive. Uh, big hello to uh, Robert Henley, who joins us from Sydney as well. Uh, Carrie uh, Tanninen says, is Xhaka 100% leaving? I've been saying for the last few weeks that until it's done, I'm not going to really jump up and down about it or or make a big song and dance about it. Not that I'd be happy with it when I say jump up and down. I just mean I'm not going to make a big fuss out of a story that is just a story at this stage. He's been gone on three or four occasions prior, Granite Xhaka, yet he's still here. Um, people said that the day after the season ended, we'd get an announcement about his future. From what I understand, there is a possibility a strong possibility of him joining Bayer Leverkusen, of course, this summer. But, you know, it it isn't done yet. Um, it isn't done and it won't be done until Arsenal have ample cover in place. So, yeah, I think you can, you can expect that to drag on until Arsenal get one of these midfielders that we're discussing in through the door, um, at least. Uh, Granddaddy Guna says, don't get excited about getting Gundogan. I have to keep my heart rate low, doctor's orders. Um Neil D'Souza says Ilkay Gundogan is better than any 26, 27-year-old who's available now in the market. He's to help us win now, and I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, Name asks, The Athletic reported that Tuchel is happy to sell Goretzka. Would you see that as a good signing? Personally, seems like a decent value second midfielder. I'm not massive on on Leon Goretzka, to be honest with you. Um, That's not to say he's a bad player, but it isn't a name that really jumps out of me with regards to a potential signing for Arsenal and someone that can help us go as a squad to that next level. Um, If we were to move for Joshua Kimmich, which has also been rumoured as well, uh, not by very many credible sources, of course, but, you know, Joshua Kimmich is somebody that I would, I would quite like to see us move for. Not so much uh, Leon Goretzka. Uh, Creambone says that we could easily get two very good years out of him. Talking about Gundogan and given the toll on our squad, the next Premier League, season and Champions League, etc. It's a no-brainer. Uh, Scrubber Steve says a 33-year-old Gundogan would be a very good squad player who's at the top of his game. No issues with that, but it's not one I can see happening. That's a different argument. Um, that is a different argument. And I, and I think that, you know, th- there's not, you know, I'm not sitting here saying this is going to happen. I just can't understand the discourse around the discussion. I can't understand the, the negativity towards what could be a very good acquisition for a very minimal amount of money in comparison to what it would cost you to get someone else with the experience, with the leadership, with the know-how, the amount of people that I see in this chat box that talk about the importance of being Premier League proven, but who are now saying, well, no, we don't want him because he's been at City and he's been there, done that, etc. It's, it's strange. Um, Tailwood Studio says, who mentioned anything about building around Gundogan? Exactly. He says, people online always misconstrue things. It's so strange. Arsenal will spend what they are given by the board. It's as simple as that. And this is the other thing. This is the point I made yesterday where it's really getting on my nerves, reading people saying, why don't Arsenal just pay the extra however many millions of pounds? 
Why don't Edu just get on with it? Edu can only spend what he is given to spend by the football club. And it's as simple as that. As simple as that. Uh, Mario Romano says, Morning, Harry, mate. It would be great if we could get Gundogan. He's been class, especially when it matters at the business end of the season. Yeah, agree. He is uh, he is clutch. Um, Matt Tomo says, Unfortunately, I really don't see a Gundogan deal happening. Just don't think it makes sense from his point of view. Maybe it doesn't. And that's a completely different uh, argument. Um, Nexus says, Harry, how can Barcelona offer him a contract? Don't they have a transfer ban? They can't even buy Messi for crying out loud. They need to raise £178 million as they need to sell. I wonder if they could do something because it would be a free transfer. Um, you know, Barcelona are in the mix. And look, people keep saying this about Barcelona. Their financial situation means they can't, etc., etc. I thought their financial situation was a mess three, four years ago, yet they're still signing players. They're pulling levers left, right and centre. That's what they call it, isn't it? I wouldn't be surprised if Barcelona find another way around this. And I've always said about Barcelona, which I think is a uh, a really important point. Barcelona and Real Madrid are key to the La Liga brand. You take them out of La Liga or you damage them significantly and the La Liga product is nowhere near as appealing. It's not in the Spanish Football Federation or the Spanish government's interest to restrict Barcelona in this way. And that's why they always find ways around these things. Look, even now, Real Madrid, okay, they've been great in the Champions League in recent years, and that's helped. But Barcelona have not been the powerhouse that they were. I know they won the league this season, but I mean, how many of you now tune into the Clasico with the same anticipation that you would have done seven, eight years ago? No one. So it's really imperative to La Liga that Barcelona are powerful, that Real Madrid are powerful, that that rivalry exists and that those two clubs continue to bring eyes on their product and on their league. Um, Alex Hasib says, I think Gundogan is the type of player we need. This season proved that we need to find a balance between experienced players and younger, high potential players. That's spot on. It's all good saying you want to build and, and we do want to build and we do have a very young and uh, exciting core of players that have the potential to move forward, um, to to push on, you know, to um, get to the point where they're regarded as world-class elite level players. But in order to win today, then you need to, you need to have that mixture and that right balance. I think that's a really valid point, Alex. There's an old saying that goes, Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And that can happen. This opportunity to close the gap on Manchester City and, and push for the title and, and maybe go far in the Champions League could pass us by if we're only focused and only obsessed by what happens in the Premier League. Uh, sorry, by what only happens in the future. And we're only obsessed by the players or, or worried about the longevity of it all. No, sometimes you've got to do what it takes to succeed now, today, tomorrow, the next day, but no more beyond that. Um, Steve says, uh, Jorginho was a supplement. This would be another one. Agreed. He says, we could end up with Jorginho, Partey and Gundogan in midfield. Liverpool suffered this season when they had a midfield of 30-year-olds. Yeah, but that would be assuming that we don't have Odegaard, that we don't have Declan Rice if we got him in, or Caicedo one on the other. Emil Smith-Rowe, Fabio Vieira, 
you're looking at the three elder statesmen in that midfield. Plus, you're going to lose one of your elder statesmen in Granite Xhaka. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, you're, that comment is discounting the fact that we have other midfield players at the football club and more that could potentially be arriving that aren't 30 plus and that still have the legs and have the energy and the drive and the, the potential. So I get what you're saying, but like, I mean, how long do you think Jorginho is going to be at the club for? Another season at best, at absolute best. So, yeah, um, that's where I am uh, on this. Uh, AJ Envoy says, Harry, while I appreciate where you're coming from, I often hear you defending this aspect of the club whenever we don't get primary targets. It's almost as if we always need to lower our standards. No, it's I'm not defending the club, okay? I'm not defending the club. This is the bit that often, or this is the criticism that often gets thrown my way. Why would I defend the football club? If I think they've done something wrong or I don't agree with something, I've got no problem in saying it. What do I have to gain by defending the football club? Absolutely nothing. I just renewed my season ticket this morning like everybody else. I paid like everybody else. I don't get any benefit from being only positive about the club. Believe me, I don't. All I am saying is that in any negotiation of this complexity, of this size, like the Declan Rice deal, like the Moises Caicedo deal, there are a million and one things that can go wrong. And that is applicable to a load of transfers, most transfers, pretty much every transfer. So I just don't think it's that binary. I don't think it's Arsenal should get this player. Who's decided, by the way, who Arsenal should go out and get? We as fans? No. Mikel Arteta and Edu decide who Arsenal go out and sign. And then it's dependent on the people upstairs signing the check. And then it's for the legal people to make sure that all of that's done and the medical staff to check the player is in a good enough condition and there aren't any underlying problems that we're unaware of before we make that investment. The point I'm making is there are a number of layers that these big deals have to go through because the press are reporting interest in certain players. It doesn't always mean that they're the primary target within the walls of the football club. If you go back to um, sort of previous seasons, I can remember summers where we were linked with one name, one name, one name, one name, one name, all throughout the duration of the summer. And then we ended up with someone else. Do you think every single time it was because Arsenal couldn't get their man or didn't want to stretch and go that little bit further? Or do you think that there were times where what the press were reporting was Arsenal's priority maybe wasn't? Arsenal work very, very hard to try and keep a lot of this stuff under wraps. And so I'm not defending them and I'm not saying lower your standards or anything like that. All I'm saying is we've got in our heads Rice and Caicedo because that's what everybody's reporting. Mikel Arteta, for example, might think I want one of Rice or Caicedo and then I want Zubimendi from Real Sociedad. And people will say, if that's what we ended up with, that we've lowered our standards and we failed to get our primary targets. But the truth is that might have been what Mikel Arteta wanted in the past. What I'm trying to say is not me, not you, not anybody in this chat is privy to these conversations. And so why we are so certain about things when we have zero evidence to back any of these points up is the bit that always gets me 
yeah, you can say that I like, um, you can say that I like Declan Rice. I like Moses Caicedo and I think they'll be game changers, but don't assume that we always know what the club want and we always know what's being discussed internally. You know, Ilkay Gundogan, for example, may have said, you know, I might leave Man City, throw me an offer. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you can come up with. Let's see what you got. And then he might still say, no, actually, I'm going to stay at Manchester City. So, yeah. Um, All I'm saying is, is that we get obsessed with names and then we go, oh, they missed out on their primary target. Now, they might have another target that they value equally, that they feel would be equally as good a fit equally as good uh, an acquisition and and we just can't assume to know everything all the time and therefore when these things break down we can't then also assume or 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 put across as if we know exactly why it broke down as well brighton didn't want to sell moises caicedo in january what can you do about that they don't want to sell him they don't want to sell the guy you know someone comes and knocks on my door i want to buy your house well i don't want to sell it mate well then there's no deal is there it's not the guy that knocked on my door's fault that I don't want to sell. He's tried. He's done his bit. But sometimes these things don't happen. That's just the way it goes. Um, anyway, I know I've been on a little bit of a, of a rant today. Um, uh, that, yeah, that's it. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, another story because I'm a little bit pushed for time today. I do have to go and pick up the little one um, this afternoon from uh, from his... Uh, day at nursery um leaving them for a few days uh, to go out and cover the champions league final so figured i'd spend the afternoon uh with him so uh, i am going to try and speed this up just a little bit not too quickly but um we are going to touch on the ivan fresneda story um a name that we've been linked with quite a bit we were linked with him during last season as well um according to reports his release clause at via delid drops quite significantly actually from around about 40 million euros to around about 20 million euros given that Valladolid have been relegated from La Liga by all accounts Borussia Dortmund are leading the way to sign the Spanish defender but Arsenal are still there or thereabouts keeping their ear close to the situation and trying um, to stay uh, informed in the event that they decide to go out and sign him is this a signing that would massively excite me probably not Um, but I also recognize that we need to bolster this squad and not every signing that we bring in this summer is going to be someone that plugs straight into the first 11. Um, and if he's going to be a, a useful squad player, then I'm not against it. I think that we could have done with having another right-back option at the end of last season because of Tommy Asu's injury um, and then because of what happened to William Saliba and the fact that we didn't have one available to us meant that we couldn't just tuck Ben White inside either. So um, I do think we need that. And we also don't know when Tommy Asu is going to be back which is a concern and a worry. So, yeah, um, let's let's see how it goes. I think Arsenal will feel, based on what I've been sort of reading and hearing, that they can do this deal with Ivan Fresneda for less than €20 million. Euros, and, and they will feel that they can probably convince the player that the Premier League and Arsenal is a, a better place to be than Borussia Dortmund at this moment in time. But uh, we'll keep a close eye on that one. Uh, Some more reports doing the rounds today with regards to Declan Rice. I saw someone put out a story this morning. I won't name who. Declan Rice will cost close to 100 million. That's not news. 
that's not news, is it? You're just telling us what we already know. Um, of course, the Europa Conference League final between West Ham and Fiorentina takes place tomorrow. But just a word of caution, that doesn't mean we're going to sign Declan Rice by the end of the week. So just chill uh, out on that one. Um, Ange Postacoglu has been confirmed as the new Spurs boss today on a four-year contract. Spurs put that announcement out officially just before I jumped online uh, to, to record this podcast. I spoke about it a little bit yesterday, but I think the more I think about this, the more I think that this could work for Spurs. Um, my colleague at 90 Min, Scott, put it in a, a really good way, I thought, where he said, Spurs have made an appointment that shows that they recognise where they actually are, which is a club knocking about the European places and the fact that they're not a super club who are going to bring in a manager in the short term, a Conte, a Mourinho, back them to the hilt just to win and then be like, fine, we can go again with the next one. That's not what Tottenham Hotspur are. Um, it's, it's never what they've been. And Ange Postacoglu will need a bit of time, I think, to get a philosophy in place to implement his style. But I think if he has a good preseason, Spurs could be a decent outfit next season. What happens with Harry Kane, I guess, will be significant um, for him. You know, does he either get to keep one of the Premier League's best strikers, as much as it pains me to say that, or does he get the funds from a potential sale to be able to reinvest and build the side in other ways? Who knows? Um, but that news uh, has been confirmed. Uh, I'm going to take, I think, a couple of your uh, comments um, from uh, the live chat before I say goodbye. Uh, Indubio Pro Rio 5. Oh, I said that. Um, Harry, are there any rumours of Pavard? He would slot in perfectly at right centre-back and right-back. He wants to leave Bayern and has only one year left on his contract. You get the feeling that he would fit, don't you? Because we've tended to buy players that can almost be hybrids between centre-backs and full-backs. It's kind of something that Mikel Arteta has been quite big on. Um, I haven't heard any rumours of Arsenal being linked to, to Pavard. I've heard Manchester United being linked with Pavard. Um wouldn't be a bad sign in one year left on his contract. You feel you could do that at a decent price, but nothing to my knowledge solid around that. Um, I can see a few of you in the chat are discussing Yuri Tielemans. Is that something, um, is that something that people are still on board with? It's something that I wanted 12 months ago, but I, I, I used to say back then, I think I was saying it all throughout last summer. If Arsenal really wanted him, they'd have done it because they clearly were willing to spend money. And given that he was going into the final year of his contract, they clearly could have done a deal at a, a reasonable price. And they didn't. They chose not to, which suggests to me that actually the interest in Yuri Tielemans was maybe never as strong as was reported. But yeah, uh, what else have we got? Uh, Steve says, considering Nketiah has not scored coming off the bench for two seasons. Is that right? Um, would you sell him? He is only a starter in the Cups or if we have injuries. Like a lot of things, mate, um, it would depend on the price for me. You know, if if somebody came in and said, here's 20, 25 million, 30 million. Yeah, let's go. Um, let's do it. Um, you know, and, and maybe bring Balogun back. Maybe Mikel Arteta will make a decision over the summer. With regards to those two, maybe he'll decide that he can only keep hold of one. But then again, it goes back to the point about the Enketia contract. Having tied him down on that, it means he has market value too. Strikers tend to have 
market value um, more so than others because of what they bring to the team, which is normally goals. Eddie Nketi has proven he can score goals when he plays in the team regularly. Uh, England under-21's record goal scorer as well. There's value in Eddie Nketiah. Um, there's value in following Balogun at the moment as well because of the season he's just had in France. So I do think that, you know, if an offer was to come in for either of those two players, you'd be tempted, wouldn't you? And um, and that could be one of the ways in which we generate some money to fund this madness of a pursuit uh, of uh, Declan Rice and Moises Caicedo that fans seem to be convinced uh, we're going to sort of see over the line and get done. But hey, um, yeah, I'd consider it for sure. I really, really would. Look, guys, I'm going to leave it there uh, for this episode. But as I say, the season uh, review part two is dropping tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be in Istanbul from tomorrow until really, really late on Sunday night. So the podcasts are going to be short and sweet. I will be bringing you them from Istanbul. Maybe we'll do a couple of vlogs. Uh, I've got a couple of really exciting bits of work to do. I'm going to be interviewing some UEFA Champions League legends at one of the fan parks. Um, so there'll be some videos dropping on the 90 Min channel, but I'll also post some stuff here as well. Uh, so stay tuned, stay in touch. Um, and uh, if anything major breaks, then we will jump on in the interim. But the podcast will be just be slightly shorter over the next few days as a consequence of me being abroad um, and obviously having other work to do. So I do apologize for that in advance, but please bear with me on that. Um, and uh, and I'm sure uh, we'll speak very, very soon. Thank you, as always. Don't forget to leave a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. It really, really does help. Um, we've got 55 likes on the board. No reason why we shouldn't have at least 100. I'll see you all soon. Until next time, take care and uh, have a great day. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.